Happy Monday, everyone. Today is February 20th, the 20th day of the Black History Month special episodes. There's only a week left of these episodes, but I hope you've been finding them educational and informative. Today, we're going to talk about what Canada's civil rights movement looked like. Although it isn't a feature of Canadian history, it nonetheless was an important grassroots movement that called out systemic racism and advocated for change, mostly through the courts. The civil rights movement in Canada was much more fragmented because of this country's sheer size and distance between communities. This was also before cheap travel was possible or the internet, so although communities couldn't always come together to protest, they used other strategies and shared lessons through organizations and the media. In some past episodes, we've highlighted the advocacy work that was happening by Black communities across Canada, such as the work by the Train Porters Union and the important attention brought by people like Carrie Best and her newspaper, The Clarion. The Canadian civil rights movement is inextricably linked to the movement in the United States and also internationally, such as the fight for racial rights in South Africa. Activists traveled between Canada and the U.S., supporting one another in person, but also financially. Canadian Black organizations sent money numerous times throughout the civil rights movement in the United States. And Martin Luther King Jr. actually came to Toronto in 1962 to speak at the Holy Blossom Temple, where the rabbi there was an ally for Black communities. The fight for civil rights was one that both sides of the border identified with. Canada was absolutely not a country of perfect social harmony. There was racism, discrimination, segregation, and violence against people of color. Although Canada didn't have Jim Crow laws here, there was a social understanding through acts of segregation and support of this through Canada's legal system that segregation was permissible. As was highlighted in the segregation of the movie theater in Nova Scotia, the court sided with business owners and their right to refuse service to people of color over the right of those people of color to receive equal treatment. Civil rights activism has been happening throughout Canadian history. So yes, it was influenced in part by what happened south of the border, but it was always present and active in Canada. As long as people were facing prejudicial treatment, there have been Canadians pushing back. Big-name organizations like the United Negro Improvement Association had 5,000 Canadian members. There were local chapters of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP, across Canada, and dozens more smaller local organizations as well. A lot of advocacy also came out of churches and religious organizations. But advocacy really flourished after the end of the Second World War, Black leaders emerged from that time. People who'd fought, bled, and died for Canada weren't considered equal to its white citizens. When the abhorrent violence was occurring against peaceful Black protesters in the southern United States, Canada looked on with shock, disappointment, and an air of superiority, because that would never happen here. We were much more of a progressive society. Media scrutiny of the events in the United States helped to sensitize people to the impact of racial prejudice, and Canadian activists used this double standard to name and shame the discrimination happening in our backyard. In the mid-1960s, a Globe and Mail editorial drew parallels between segregation of the southern U.S. and discrimination in Dresden, Ontario, where segregation of schools and stores was the norm. The editorial said, 
This story was not the usual tale of segregation and neglect in Mississippi or Alabama. What is most shameful is that an Ontario school is to all intents and purposes segregated. The push from local activists eventually had the segregated school closed. Besides drawing parallels to shame government officials to enact better laws and policies around ending discrimination, the civil rights movement in Canada used similar strategies around public protest. Sit-ins were used to bring attention to racism. In 1964, for example, three members of the New Brunswick NAACP organized a sit-in at a barbershop in St. John, where they were refused service. Sit-ins were also used in Windsor, Ontario, in businesses where black people were refused service. Marches took place on commemorative days and in sympathy with the struggle of black communities in the United States. Protests against racist events or speakers was another tactic. In 1964, there was a protest against a local high school's Christmas show that planned to have minstrel acts depicting and denigrating black people. The family of some black students sent letters to the school board telling them to shut the racist production down. Their protests were successful, and the school board adopted a policy to not sponsor or allow any plays, entertainment, or performances which might demean the Negro or any other minority group. Canada's civil rights movement is an important aspect of our history that is really underreported and misunderstood. It was a piecemeal movement, organized more locally than nationally, and unrestricted by clear timelines. The fight for civil rights in Canada continued consistently for many decades. I hope more research and light will be shed on the events that took place in the 1950s to 1970s in Canada, because it not only influenced our society for people of color and persecuted people like the Jewish community, but also influenced the movements in the United States and around the world. Thanks for joining. We'll see you tomorrow.